My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a Domino podcast with my friend, Dan White. And for five years, we have brought you the very best of the network, but it's time for a change. Now, we don't just confine ourselves to Vinnie Mac, bring you AEW, Impact, NJPW, and all the latest for the British wrestling scene. But we will still bring you all our old favourites, including NXT update, takeovers and live shows for the Big Four. This year we will decide who is the greatest British wrestler in the world, plus so much more. But until we watch everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan. It's the WNR281, and it's WrestleMania 36, part one. And, of course, it's changing here tonight, because I think that's been going on, because COVID-19, but WrestleMania still goes on, and we'll discuss if that's the right decision or not. Before we do anything, though, let's start with the alternate intro. And, of course, uh, I'll make him an offer he can't refuse, you see, Johnny... We feel that the entertainment is going to be a big factor in drawing gamblers into casinos. We're hoping that you'll sign a contract agreeing you to appear five times a year. Perhaps convince some of your friends in the movies to do the same. We're counting on you, Johnny. And that is The Godfather Part 1. Can WrestleMania be as good as the two Godfather parts? We'll just about find out. Dan, are you excited for tonight? I'm excited. I'm just more interested to see how it all plays out with the no crowd and, you know, seeing... How it works without a crowd, you know, it's it's all well and good watching Raw, but like the biggest spectacle of the year, WrestleMania, used to fireworks, extravaganza, but it's kind of being held in a performance centre and it's kind of in front of no one. Yeah, no one indeed, but we'll uh, we'll get started. What about way to kick off? Then we've kick off and we had a kick off match added and it was Cesaro versus Gulak. Uh, and if we talk about uh, prediction, this one, Dan, who would you have gone for in this match? Uh, Cesaro. Cesaro, I'll go Cesaro as well. And Cesaro did win in a little, about five minutes it was. We were waiting for a scientific masterpiece and it was one and done. So that is one all as we start. And you talk about one or two predictions, Dan, do you explain the prediction league for everybody? Yes, we have four prediction leagues. We have a WWE pay-per-view, we have an AEW pay-per-view, we have an NXT pay-per-view, and we have a bonus prediction league as well. This will be go- going to, of course, the WWE pay-per-view prediction league. Yeah, and at the moment, NXT is 2-1 to me. Uh, bonus points is 9-8 to Dan. We are one all in pay-per-views. And, of course, 1-0 for AEW. So this could change things here tonight. So, uh, like I said, we're going to kick off. And we had that Rosenberg and Graves in the studio. It was awful, but luckily only on for an hour. And then the show started properly. And, of course, we had Stephanie McMahon introducing us all to a WrestleMania that is completely different, which uh, is understandable. 
We had a great little uh, national, uh, it was America the Beautiful, with different clips over WrestleMania, so we still had that anthem playing, which I thought was quite a nice touch. And then the opening video, which was kind of pirate-themed, which seemed to go on for at least 10 minutes. 15 minutes. Uh, until the show actually started. I mean, it wasn't a bad opening video. And then, of course, we had the Gronk. Uh, and it's a shame, really, that the Gronk had to be there hosting it. And, of course, he brought his friend Mojo as well, which was oh. even fucking worse way to start. Uh, which was awful. And then our first match to start the show is for the uh, Women's Tag Team Championships, and it's Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss versus the uh, Kabuki Warriors, Oscar and Kari Sane. Prediction-wise in this one, I have gone for and new Tag Team Champions, Cross and Bliss. Dan? Uh, I, too, have gone for new Tag Team Champions, Cross and Bliss as well. Yeah, so why have you gone for them in this match as we join the action after Bliss has been worked on a little bit? It's just got the tag to Nikki Cross. Well, since Kari Sane and Oscar have had the championships, they have done less than nothing with them. So it's kind of pointless having them on some a tag team that does nothing with them. You might as well give it to Bliss and Cross, who kind of like, you know, they're an entertainment factor in themselves. Well, now the action is broken down to the outside. Right, so it is such an eerie feeling, especially in the performance centre with WrestleMania. Michael Cole and JBL on commentary. Do you think it's harder for the commentators to not be able to go off the fans' reactions as well? I think it must be. It must be difficult. We can hear how loud Oscar and Carvey Sane are at this moment in time. And, of course, we've had a few roars and smackdowns before in empty arenas. You know, we're just getting used to it now. But as Vincent Mann said, the show must go on. We talked about it on our live show. And now Oscar and Carvey Sane in control of Nikki Cross. Well, I would love to Nikki Cross to win this if she'd be the first, one of the first Scotsmen to win gold at WrestleMania. Maybe not the last this weekend as well. Nikki Cross, fantastic talent and had wars with Oscar before. Of course, in NXT, the last women's standard match that we still remember to this very day. And of course, Kari Sane in the May Young Classic as well. Both, all four of these women extremely talented. There's no doubt about that. And Cross in all sorts of trouble now. Double team by Oscar and Sane. Bulldog by Oscar, kick by Sane, and the Hill Tag Team Champions feel like they're in full control at the moment. And let's not forget they've been champions now for nearly six months, as no one's really come close. But have the uh, has WWE used the Women's Championship right? Do you reckon the tag team titles? Um, not year? since giving them to Oscar and Kari Sane. No, they've kind of uh, dropped the ball on it, and it seems to have been like the forgotten champion. And Nikki Cross now out with the Sunset Flip, trying to get a tag to Bliss, but gets stopped by Sane. Managing to kick her away and now tagging in Bliss. And Alexa Bliss has had a lot to fight for. Thought her career would maybe be over. Of course, former multiple-time women's champion. Now the tag team title in. Hit the dropkick on Sane. Well, Kari managing to move out of the way. Bliss now with a forearm. And Alexa Bliss, I mean, this might not be the biggest stage for her, but at least she's been featured at WrestleMania in a title match. Absolutely, yeah. And she's got Oscar around the neck, but Kari Sane's kind of dragged the feet from under her. Got Bliss tied up in the corner. Oh, double foot stomp to the head of Bliss. Kari Sane with a cover. Two, no, just a two count. Two. And Sane and Oscar definitely the aggressors in this match, but it's something that's been talked about on Twitter as well. The fact of like, are these women do they deserve better? You know, Oscar and Sane, rather than being involved in a tag team match, can they be single stars in their own right? Will WWE give them a chance, or do they need to go elsewhere? Uh, well, Oscar and Sane certainly do deserve better um with bliss you know she was the first ever raw and smackdown women's champion you know she's kind of done everything before everyone else had got to it 
And, you know, it seems like all she's getting is a moment of bliss here and there. Mm. Uh, this is the thing for bliss. Is she going down in her career now? Did WWE think maybe she's a bit too injury prone to be put in big positions? It's the same thing with Oscar saying, are they not getting used because they can't cut a promo? You know, is it just simple things? Again, yeah, you know, it's... I think you can understand Nikki Cross about as much as you can understand Oscar and Kari Sane, though. So I think that's kind of what's holding them three women back. I mean, in NXT, Oscar and Kari, uh, Oscar and Nikki Cross had an absolute humdinger of match. Mm. And, you know, Nikki Cross, I think she also deserves better. All four of these women definitely do, do deserve better than what they're getting, but at least they're getting screen time. Well, and they're starting the show, aren't they, at WrestleMania? You know, they say it's too big for uh, just one night, and they're getting to start the show here. As Bliss has been worked on by Oscar. Of course, talk about Oscar's fall from grace being the undefeated one in NXT. And now being WWE, she hasn't been able to catch a break. And for my recollection, she hasn't won at WrestleMania yet either because she lost to Charlotte at 34. And I think she lost in the Women's Battle Royal last year as well. So when you're Oscar, it's incredible the kind of booking that's been given to her. It is, yeah. The booking has been... Well, exactly. Someone like Oscar, you know, hasn't won at Mania. I don't think that's right especially for how dominant she was in NXT, but you can definitely tell it's Vince McMahon's decision. Is it any coincidence that the most successful one in at least four in WWE is the blonde one? I mean, you know, again, is it still stereotype? And Oscar trying to change Alexa Bliss' outlook on life with a knee to the face only gets a two. Two. And Oscar now maybe looking to put Bliss away. Chuck's in the corner. Comes in looking for the hip attack, but Bliss with the knees up. Knees up, Mother Brown. Goes to attack Oscar. Misses, but Oscar misses her offence as well. Hits Bliss with a kick. Can she roll to Nikki Cross in the corner? And can Oscar get to Kari Sane as well? Nice question. Both women down now. Nikki Cross desperate for the tag. The crazy Cross comes in. Do you think she's kind of lost some of what made her crazy previously? I think she maybe, in a way, kind of. I think she's still got that. Uh, but I think she's kind of added a little bit more. She had a little bit more personality. She has become uh, more likeable. And like I said, maybe a little bit more caring. But yeah. she's still got that crazy side. We see her now ripping her top open. Now diving off the top. Nikki Cross body. Can she put Sane away? No. Kick out. Uh, I think at least four women. You talk about upward trajectory. I think in WWE, maybe Nikki Cross is the one. Had the single success. And there's obviously WWE have got a plan for her. If both of us think that they're going to win the gold, I think there's going to be split down the line. And that might give Cross a chance to actually explore the kind of more mental side, or actually be the victim. This is what we've seen from her as well. Rather than just being that crazy heel, she's kind of been a face that people do care about. There's something about Nikki Cross that makes her likeable. Obviously not to Oscar, who's now using the combination to try and put her away. But Cross manages to block it. to swing in net breaker for the victory. No. Kari Sane with the insane elbow off the top. I think that would have been over for, for Oscar if it wasn't for Sane. A beautiful elbow to the back of the head, breaking things up. I think Sane, again, so underrated. The elbow that she hits, it's a la Macho Man, isn't it? A la Macho Man. And yeah. of course, it's going to be weird as well. So, but like, even for us, or for you, for you and I, just calling this for the action, it being not what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? It yeah. should be a stadium. It's a performance centre. You know, with no crowd to try and get into it, so to speak. Okay, you know, this is going to take a lot away from what could happen. I mean, you know, if there are a few new champions over the WrestleMania weekend now, you know, it's going to be kind of like falling on deaf ears, so to speak. Without a doubt. But Oscar <laughs> now got the Oscar luck and 
Dracari same with a spear on Bliss. Well, after Bliss hit the twisted Bliss to break up the submission, it looked like Oscar was going to put Nikki Cross away. Bliss risked it all for a tag team partner. Like I said, same with a spear. Well, I think everyone's hit a finisher. And all four women down. Cross with a swing and net breaker. Oscar with the Oscar lock. Kari same with the insane elbow. And Bliss with a twisted Bliss. Well, Cross looking for a corner, but no one there. And Nikki Cross has had three of the finishers on or near her. And that's how tough Cross is. If she just gets a code breaker. And now Sane's going to end things. She's looking for an insane elbow. No, Cross managing to block it. Now Sane fight everything she's got. And Nikki again blocking it. Oscar now getting on the apron. Now they're both striking away at Nikki Cross in a corner. In serious trouble. No, Cross knows she's fighting for her life. Oscar now has got her up in a powerbomb. Sane off the top. And a four-round powerbomb's come. Oscar for the cover, but no. Cross managing to kick out. Ah. And I can't believe it there. The Kabuka Warriors so close to retain their tag team titles. And again, Nikki Cross's um, strength there. High-impact move. Bliss not there to save it. Cross having the power out. Just showing the toughness she's got. As Bliss on the apron taken out again by Sane. You can't argue with the teamwork right now. Cross moved out of the way. Sane nearly hit Oscar. Into the corner, Oscar goes. You can hear, with no crowd to smash. Sane looking for the back elbow fist. Blocked, and now Cross hits the spinning net breaker. Can she tag in Bliss? And this could be it. Bliss all the way up. Twisted Bliss into the cover. One, two, three. Wow. Bliss and Nikki Cross become your new women's tag team championship. Champions, even. What a match. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? Incredible. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great match. You, you saw all four women giving their finishes, which is kind of a nice thing in a tag team match. And hopefully Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss can actually do something with these titles instead of just leaving them to rust and, ga- uh, rust and gather dust. Yeah, I mean, but this is the thing, isn't it? You know, we have the opener for WrestleMania now. You know, maybe it wasn't as great as people were hoping. But I think when, you, when you're looking at the action, all four women gave absolutely everything that they could. And Bliss picks up the victory for the team. Like I said, the future for the women's tag team division is interesting. You can play off Bliss and Nikki Cross now as well. Does this spell the kind of end or the beginning of the end for Oscar and Kari Sane? Can you see the two women recovering from this? Or do you think they're going to eventually see out their contracts? Um, I can't really see them recovering. I think the best place for these two women to go is back to NXT. I think that's when they was at their most dominant at their best. Yeah, well, if that doesn't happen, then I'm sure NJPW or, you know, AEW and a lot of other promotions around the world will actually be interested. All right, after that means we both get a point, so it's 2 all headed into our third match. And, wow, what a match this is. We talk about WrestleMania Classics. Elias versus Baron Corbin is next. Uh, Prediction-wise, Dan... Who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for King Corbin. I too have gone King Corbin, seeing, considering Elias was thrown from a stage from at least 20 foot in the air. At least 30 per, foot in the air. Yeah, uh, but unfortunately, no. Uh, I, I, We guessed it on the WNR. We were saying that Corbin was going to do what Hills always do in the 10 count and uh, saying Elias couldn't make it to the ring. But Elias, being the baby face that he is, did manage to get uh, use the guitar to try and get some of the action. Uh, it was a very much uh, SmackDown match, shall we say. Uh, Elias got the victory, rolling up Corbin about the nine-minute mark. Uh, up next, though, well, I thought this was going to main event night one. I was wrong. 
It is going to be for the Raw Women's Championship. And it's going to be Becky Lynch going against Shania Baszler. And we saw Lynch there just making her entrance with the uh, Becky Lynch monster truck as Baszler makes her entrance. We've seen the build-up for this one. Dan, what are your thoughts on the build-up to this match? Um, well, it's it's been good. You know, you've had kind of Shayna Baszler. She dominated the Elimination Chamber, absolutely annihilating every opponent. But kind of everyone knew that Shayna Baszler was going to win the Elimination Chamber because that was what it was kind of set up for. Um, Becky Lynch, I think she's kind of starting to fall a bit flat now with her, you know, her last kicker gimmick. She does need a a few dominant victories under her belt to kind of continue to be that badass woman. Yeah, well, I think for this WWE, they've not really gone on about the fact that she's held it for a year, which is, you know, through the Attitude Era days, quite an accomplishment now. Has she really been as dominant? The past couple of months, maybe, have waned off a little bit. Man count she was when it all first started. But, of course, main event last year's WrestleMania coming through to this. Baszler has been the badass in NXT, much like Oscar, 500 days as women's champion, came up so close to winning the Rumble until Charlotte eliminated her, and then, of course, dominant in the Elimination Chamber, the only competitor to eliminate uh, the five others in this match. Uh, Prediction-wise, after the Corbin Elias, neither of us got the points, it's 2 all. Will we go different in this one? Uh, I have gone for, and I think it's pretty obvious, new uh, Royal Women's Champion, Shania Baszler. Dan? I have gone for, and still, Royal Women's Champion, Becky Lynch. Wow, why have you got Becky Lynch in this one? Um, I just think this is going to be the big match that Becky needs to kind of, you know, re-up herself. It's also going to pay off the fact that she's beaten Shayna Baszler as well. Uh, not Shayna Baszler, sorry, Ronda Rousey as well. And, you know, it's going to kind of go on to that, really. Well, I'm a little bit annoyed this is not the main event because I, my, in my head... Ronda Rousey would be making her return to cost Lynch this match against her friend, Baszler. I thought storytelling-wise, I think that would make sense. Seeing as we're halfway through the card, maybe not. But I think Baszler needs to kind of... She was dominant. And I think Lynch, like you said, she needs a chance to her. But there are none at the moment. So at this moment in time, you need this champion like Baszler or someone like Baszler to win the title. And then Lynch, I feel, is sometimes more fun in the chase then he's actually been champion, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, you know, I see, I see that point, but I think, you know, it's not going to be the end of Shayna Baszler challenging. This is going to be another Lacey Evans. You know, it's going to be someone that comes out as a few matches with her, probably an intergender tag team match as well, falls flat, and then you know, you never saw Shayna Baszler again. Well, this is weird because why do they do anything in NXT then if when they come up to the main roster? They're not using them. Do you know what I mean? We've seen it with Oscar. Never really getting a proper opportunity. When he did, they kind of blew it with her. They, they can't do it with Baszler, surely. They can't. Well, don't call me Shirley, but, you know, Becky Lynch did come from NXT. Yeah. But Bailey did come from she's NXT. She's four horsewomen. Yeah, the four horsewomen. If you're not a four horsewomen, you might be in trouble. Both from the well, start Well, Baszler is a four horsewoman, just of MMA, not WWE. That's true. Both from the start with strikes in the early going. Then Baszler may be looking for the Kira Fuda clutch. Lynch. Slides to the outside. And Baszler with a kick to the thigh. Well, we know what Baszler's all about. We know what she's going to do. She's going to work the arm and just try and slowly pick away at Lynch. With, you know, maybe one thing about Becky Lynch you could say, she's not the best uh, worker. Is that fair to say? She's not the best wrestler. You know, her matches probably aren't going to be five-star, but it's the personality that comes through. Yeah, I agree with that. 
I don't think sometimes there's anything wrong with that. As Basel now has got Lynch on the outside. Well, Lynch manages a Hesus' takedown, kind of preventing herself from getting put through the announce table. But you've got to think about the confidence of Becky Lynch. In this one, yeah, Baszler has been dominant in NXT, but Lynch has been dominant in WWE. She's beaten the woman who was undefeatable, Ronda Rousey, at WrestleMania. And the confidence from there, you know, if Lynch does get through this challenge, is there anything, what, what is next for Lynch? You know what I mean? That's what they're saying. She's been dominant at this moment in time. Absolutely. Um, who is left for Lynch? I mean, there isn't any other women... Unless Nia Jax is going to make her comeback. Yeah, exactly. Tamina gets drafted to Raw, you know. I mean, <laughs> possibilities are endless, aren't they? I mean, there's not really anyone that can come up from NXT at the moment, you but, know. They're not ready yet, are they? And this is the thing, as Lynch... Oh, Charlotte's going to lose her title opportunity to Rao Ripley and then she's going to challenge Becky Lynch again. Yeah. Well, hopefully Baszler walks out as champion and we won't have that problem as Lynch. Definitely bringing it with a dropkick off the top. The kicks in the corners, a more aggressive style. Do you think Baszler's got underneath Lynch's skin in the past couple of months? I think she has, yeah. But I think Becky Lynch is throwing an error, of course. Must have been watching Baszler's uh, Elimination Chamber match. And she has must have been watching, you know, what Baszler has been up to before. But there's one thing missing with Baszler. And that's Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir. Well, Baszler's proved since being on the main roster, she can be successful without them. And tonight, probably, well, it's her biggest match today as she hits a knee led to Lynch. I do, you know, agree with what you're saying though. With if Basler becomes champion, if Basler becomes champion, there are more opportunities for her in title matches than there are Becky Lynch that we haven't seen yet. Does that without a doubt as all oh, disarmor attempt to turn the cover through the clutch and Lynch went for the roll. That was a nice little transition between the two. Two <laughs> and then a spine buster by Basler. Basler kind of WWE'd her wrestling since coming to the main roster? Well, I think Basler, I think the same we said to about the start, simple and effective. Don't overwork, don't overthink things, you know, and I think we're seeing that a lot from her in this. Yeah, and another thing with Basler is that she used to have her hair tied up, but when she meant business, obviously she's a female, can't take the straps down, so the hair would come out, that would be... But she kind of already has her hair out. Or maybe so. that's saying something about this match. She goes for the knee. Lynch catches her again. Hair and makeup. I thought that was Pete Dunne. Sorry, Pete I got Dunne confused. Yeah. Well, Lynch now with a kick to Baszler's face. Both women on the apron. And you can hear Lynch shouting, my title. And that's one thing you can notice here tonight. With the uh, superstars talking to each other. <coughs> now, and the knee. But Lynch catches her. on a verified, like a variation of the rock bottom on the apron. Of course, the hardest part of the ring. Lynch throws her back in, going for the cover. Maybe a bit lackadaisical there, only gets a two. Two. Didn't Becky Lynch get a victory with a rock bottom? She might have done. With that, she's surprised that she couldn't get the victory then. Right down on that metal was Lynch now maybe thinking, what is it going to take? Can she risk put, being put in the disarmor for Baszler, where Baszler's such a submission specialist, to turn it into Kuru through the clutch? We've seen that a couple of times. Maybe that's what Lynch is thinking, talk about a game plan, not to be caught up there. Well, a lot of women have, but they've managed to catch Shayna Baszler out on it as well by rolling through backwards. But Lynch looking to go up top. Baszler is up very quickly. Stops Lynch in her tracks and just throws her off. This is where it kind of suits Shayna Baszler, being on the mat in the ring, not kind of up in the air. And that is beautiful there. Suplex into the transition. She's got a nice armbar locked in on Lynch. Kind of using her own move against her, but Lynch has the fingers locked now. And Baszler nearly got caught, but turns... And the disarmor locked in. 
And what a way to lose this would be for Becky Lynch. Lynch again trying to roll through, grabs the leg. With Baszler turning it around. Knee to the face and just drops Lynch. Two. No. no. Somehow Becky Lynch still in this. Get the shoulder up at two. Two. But you can feel the confidence growing in Shania Baszler in this match. Well, Baszler was looking for the Kirifuga clutch as Lynch was locked on the, uh, lo- on the outside of the ring apron. But Lynch looking for the disarmer as she's kind of straddling the top rope. But Baszler got the Kirifuga clutch locked in as Becky Lynch is dangled over the top rope. Yeah, but the referee's count. You can't do this. Not allowed. Drops Lynch now to the outside. So again, without the crowd noise, do you think they have to kind of mask what they're saying in reference to the match? Or do you think because it's pre-tape, they can kind of, right, we're cut, let's take this section again. You know, there's not going to be any fuck-ups or anything. I I think you can edit it in a certain way to maybe show the no fuck-ups. But again, it's just going to show how good a performer you are to, to make sure you can't be heard as well. You know, like I said, it depends what they've got. You can obviously hear them talking in the ring. And it just shows that sometimes the kind of talent that they have is Baszler was in a bit of trouble, managed to counter Lynch on the outside. Oh, swings her like a baseball bat into the announce table. Well, not once, but twice. And then she just sits on the apron to break the count and kind of look at her handiwork. And I'll maybe think she's got Lynch right where she wants her. Throws the Irish lash kicker back in the ring. And Baszler now just taking her time getting in the ring. Oh, Becky Lynch is playing possum. Hello, possums! Basler wise to it, turns it around, she's got the Kirifuga clutch locked in. Well, can she get Lynch down? Becky in serious trouble, and she's just seconds away from losing the Women's Championship. Is Lynch getting... No! Becky rolls through. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Becky Lynch, your speech is Becky Lynch. Just retains the championship. What? In the pretty much the way I said, it's how to escape from the Kirifuga clutch, rolling backwards, getting a pinfall victory. It's happened to Basler before, and you thought she'd be wise to it. But Becky Lynch generally escapes there with a victory. Not just for her, but for me as well, in the Prediction League. Well, Prediction League. I mean, how quick was that match? I mean, Elias Corbin was longer than that. I mean, Basler loses. I mean, that's a shock in itself, Lynch retaining. The the, the, the match length, Dan, what are your thoughts in, in, on what we've just seen um yeah the match was definitely short but again it's kind of showing that becky lynch managed to escape as opposed to you know so it's definitely going to leave it open basler's going to want a match i think it's going to lead to a submission match very soon between these two women well that would be very very interesting i mean uh, the first shock i think we've had at wrestlemania lynch wins the champ uh, retains the title basler is heartbroken in the ring a biggest match and she comes up short and it means Daniel, you do take the lead as well three to two on the night of wrestlemania the part one unbelievable and uh, we move on and up next is the intercontinental championship on the line and uh, this is a match that i think a lot of people have waited to see uh, this is of course Sami Zayn going against daniel bryan and the the build-up to this match has been uh Quite interesting as well, of course. It's Drew Gulak and uh, Daniel Bryan have been teaming up. Gulak got the opportunity for Daniel Bryan by beating Shinzuki fucking Nakamura on SmackDown. I love the new mega powers in Gulak and uh, Bryan. But what do you think of Sami Zayn as Intercontinental Champion? I think it's good for him. You know, he's kind of got a bit of recognition coming up to the main brand, even though if it is as kind of like a, a manager of some sorts. But, you know, of them three, I would never have thought Sami Zayn would be the ones I'd be holding gold out of them. <laughs> well, Cesaro Nakamura coming out here 
with Sami Zayn, of course, former NXT champion. But the kind of gimmick they're giving him at the moment is that he can't really wrestle and he needs all the help. Let's not forget, though, he has beaten the guy who was number one contender for the Universal Championship right now. So, Strowman and Goldberg, Sami Zayn, whole victory as we see the two dickheads in Gronk and Mojo. Uh, so, we move on. Like we said, it's our fifth match. And prediction-wise in this one, Dan, who have you gone for? I have gone for Mr. Daniel Bryan. Mr. Daniel Bryan. I, too, have gone for and new in the Canada champion, Daniel Bryan. Uh, maybe it's just because the way WWE painted Sami Zayn. Why have you gone uh, Bryan in this one? You'd be stupid not to, wouldn't you, really? There's no... Nothing by it. I mean, Daniel Bryan is the logical answer. If it was Daniel Bryan against Nakamura, Cesaro and Zayn, then, yeah, maybe... I might slightly be leaning towards Sami Zayn getting the victory, but, you know, Daniel Bryan, WWE champion, one of the best to ever grace the ring. Six years ago, he had that fantastic moment at WrestleMania 30 when he defeated uh, not only Triple H, but Batista Randy Orton for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Six years on facing Sami Zayn for the Intel Championship. Again, we're talking tonight, wrestlers in this position... Does Daniel Bryan deserve more than he's getting? I know he wants to maybe stop being a full-time wrestler soon. He wants to work with guys who he likes, like Gulak. But seriously, Bryan was WWE champion this time last year. Does he deserve more, or is it Again, you know, I think he's had... You look at every single other person in this match. Daniel Bryan has achieved more than all of them put together on the roster. So, you know, deserving more... I think, you know, he's got as much as he deserves. You know, he's he was champion for, for a little while, had his nice, funky wooden belt. You know, that's, <laughs> that was all well and good. Um, and then, like, you know, he's kind of moved on from that. He's not wrestling on main event. You know, he is in a title match at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what Daniel Bryan does. I mean, as long as he's happy, you can see that. At this moment in time, can he trust Gulak Low, or do you think that's something that maybe because they were enemies before, a bit like Sheamus and Cesaro, they'll be fine now, or is that something that you still have to keep an eye out for? Um, no, you know, I think there's a lot of mutual respect between Gulak and Brian, you know, and, it, and I think the respect goes both ways. Um, you know, there's no way he's going to kind of be the fourth man in this Nakamura, Cesaro, Sami Zayn kind of triangle. Well, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, unless Sami Zayn is trying to recruit a super stable, but it seems Gulak uh, is definitely, you know, on Daniel Bryan's side. Zayn actually hasn't been in the uh, ring with Daniel Bryan yet. He just was then, and then Nakamura and Cesaro both blocking Bryan's path. Again, we talk about Nakamura deserving, you know, a guy who won the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago, and now he's made the manager. Yeah, he's, you know, on the card, so to speak. And now finally Bryan and Zayn going to get Gonna get it on here. Well, Daniel Bryan nearly got his hands on Sami Zayn, but again, Cesaro and Sheamus blocking his uh, path. And here comes Gulak <laughs> taking out Nakamura and Cesaro. Well, Gulak helping his friend and also getting a bit of retribution for the kickoff loss earlier. As he throws Cesaro over barricade into the crowd, and Nakamura gets eliminated from the arena as well. <laughs> and did you know there's actually a 100 foot drop behind that? Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> I mean, you can tell. We might not see Nakamura then and Cesaro for a very long time. They're no longer a factor. And Brian's telling Drew to stand down. He's saying, look, come on, Sammy. Get in the ring. You've got your opportunity. But this is going to help people, someone like Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan to tell a more basic story because you can hear what they're saying. Do you know what I mean? You can understand what's going on. 
Zayn now is realising. No, Brian's saying to Zayn, you can get your count out if you want. Zayn's saying, Sammy walks up the ramp. Brian kind of takes him down, grabs him by the hair. But do you think Sammy Zayn deserves better than this? I mean, you know, someone who's had some fucking great matches and, you know, he's kind of reduced to being this bitch. Yeah, this is the thing. But there is a way of solving it. If him and Brian now were to have a 10-minute match where Zayn was Brian's equal in this one, then it would build your, your reputation up. The problem is, you know, if Zayn... If if he's, he's just getting beaten easily, just looks like a guy who is being put in that position. Like I said, Zane can do it, but W thinking no. What's the difference in having him and having like a Drake Maverick? In, in, if they're using him in that way, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Not a guy who's had you know classic NXT title matches and stuff like this as well. Uh, a guy who could actually have a legitimate great match with Daniel Bryan. Absolutely. And you know what I think? You know, in ways of. Who needs this ma- this victory more? Sami Zayn. Yeah. I, I, I mean, would, to have yeah. a great match with Daniel Bryan and to get a victory straight up yeah. would be, you know, it's not only a victory over Daniel Bryan, it's retaining your title, it's beating a former WWE champion. You Fuck know, there's you know. a lot to it. And Daniel Bryan, <laughs> luckily enough, it was his shoulder that hit Barry Cade as he took Sami Zayn out with a suicide dive. But that looked uh, scary. Well, this is the thing, and they've changed the Zayn kind of character look a little bit now as well, you know, trying to make this kind of, like, Che Guevara type. The kind of way Brian used to look, really, to be fair, as Brian now comes off the top. Missile dropkick then nips up to his feet. And look how easy it is for Daniel Bryan. He's got Sami Zayn right where he wants him. Can I just say that Nakamura and Cesaro still haven't climbed out of that 100-foot pit? Well, that's how strong Gulak attacks are, and like you said, that 100-foot drop as well. And Zayn in serious trouble. You can hear him screaming as well. Oh, God, no, please help me. Which is quite funny, really. <laughs> Zayn now... A snot beating out of him. Oh, he said, you think Drew's no one? And he slaps him across the face. A bit of retribution there. Maybe Brian couldn't put him away when he wanted to. But said just wants to hurt him. Now, of course, using the Miz kicks in the corner. And Zayn is on his last legs here. Well, he's on Daniel Bryan's leg at the moment. Trying to get himself up. Well, was... Brian was putting Zayn back into the ring. He got caught with an elbow. Right, Zane's chance to attack. First bit of offence that he's had in this match. It's a clothesline, but he's still complaining about the punishment he's taken. Now Zane with a slap and a strike. I think he's just pissing off Daniel Bryan more than hurting him. Zane telling Bryan to grit his teeth. Maybe that wasn't a great idea. Clothesline Zane down. And the thing is, with no crowd, you can actually hear they're like gunshots to the chest. I'll tell you what, I'd like to hear a Walter slap. (laughs) Oh my God. Break all the windows. And Brian, just moments away from putting Zane away. Uh Uh-oh, we've seen this before. As he grabs Zane by the wrist and just stomps away at the jaw of Sammy Zane. And Gulak saying to Brian, it's time to put him away. Oh. And Nakamura and Cesaro finally climbed out of that pit, attacked Drew Gulak. Throw him shoulder first into the steel steps. Brian, suicide dive, takes out Cesaro and Nakamura. And now Brian going up to the top, looking to get Sami Zayn. Oh! It's a hell of a kick. Oh. Daniel Bryan was on his way down. What a shot to the face. One, two, two three. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> two upset title matches in a row. Sami Zayn retains the championship against Daniel Bryan. I never thought I'd be saying that with those words there. Uh, unbelievable stuff. Uh, the match, it was what it was. It told the basic story of Zayn kind of being the scaredy cat like he was and couldn't do anything without Nakamura and Cesaro and retain the title in that way. But a victory over Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 
It's still a victory, though. Dan, what are your thoughts? Absolutely, yeah. I think it's much needed for Sami Zayn. Gives him a bit of recognition. You know, he didn't quite beat Daniel Bryan clean as a whistle, but it was close. Yeah, it was very, very close. Uh, very, very interesting stuff. All right, so we move on to our next match as well. And uh, it is for the SmackDown Tag Team Chart Championships. But it is going to be a single triple threat match, which makes all the sense in the world. Uh, because, of course, it's going to be John Morrison, because the Miz can't make it. Representing Morrison and Miz. Yeah, uh, versus Kofi Kingston. Versus one of the New Day. Yeah, uh, because obviously Xavier is injured and Biggie. well, you know, ladders, I think, more suited to Kofi, I think. Absolutely. And we've got Jimmy um, Uso as well. Oops. So do you think this is kind of like, you know, let's let's look back to, um, I don't know, a WrestleMania TLC match. And, you know, do you think this is going to be anything near it? I mean, you know, phenomenal athlete, Kofi Kingston, again, another phenomenal athlete. Usos, phenomenal athletes. Well, doubt. I think that's what they saw. I think it's a shame the match had to be changed. I mean, we've seen some great ladder matches in the past. Of course, when the Hardys returned, I think WrestleMania 33 it was. That was a big surprise. WrestleMania 32, Zack Ryder winning the Canuck title. Even the Money in the Bank ladder matches. I think ladder matches at Mania have got a certain connection to them. I think it's a bit of a shame WWE hates their tag team division so much to make it into a, a single triple threat match. This is the kind of shit they were having to go at WSW about back in the day, and WWE are doing this now. Is it the right thing to do? Should it be... Well, I think Kofi and, um, like, Uso team up or something, you know what I mean? Or, or have, like, a kind of a ta- actual tag team match. I think that takes it away from, from the actual titles. Well, you know, they're tag team titles. You know, not one person defends them. If they can't have all six men in the match, scrap the match. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, so prediction-wise, of course, after the last match, with Brian losing, uh, it's still 3-2 to Dan. In this time round... It's my predictions first, and I have gone for John Morrison to retain the titles for the Miz and Morrison. I too have gone for Joe Mo. Well, let's hope these three guys get a lot of time. We can already see with the flips with Morrison Kofi what they could do is absolutely brilliant. Uh, why have you gone Morrison for? And it's it's really good to see him back, though, isn't it? Yeah, you I know, mean, I think it's good to see him back. I think you know they wouldn't have brought him back just to kind of win the titles and lose them not that long after. You know, it's pointless having the titles just to throw them away. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think this is the thing, though. Does Morrison deserve a little bit better? Did he deserve to come back and just be the Miz's tag team partner? Or could he have done something more in singles competition? I hope there's Morrison, I think, can definitely do that in the future, you know? Yeah, I definitely hope we get to see a singles Morrison. I mean, in Impact, I was watching him when he was Impact champion. That's what John Morrison deserves. Maybe not instantly, as soon as he comes... But, you know, after a little bit of time, maybe work his way up. Maybe, you know, maybe even spend a bit of time in NXT. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be brilliant. You know, Johnny NXT versus Johnny Gagano. I think there's a match there straight away. As all three men have set up the ladders in the early going, it's like playing 2K17 uh, with all the ladders set up straight away. Going to climb. Jimmy sent off the ladder to begin with. Yeah, then takes John Morrison off. But Kofi with a flying cross body takes Oost down. Now J-Mo climbing to get the titles. He's got his fingertips on one, but Kofi managing to pull him down. So would you rather have seen this at a later date? I don't know. Being these three guys... No, I mean this. The whole event is is saying that, you know, we've debated long and and hard about it. It's it's kind of difficult to answer, but I I think just in the match in itself, I think any of the Usos could do stuff in a ladder match. 
I think Kofi at the New Day is the right choice. And I think uh, Morrison is. I think if the Miz was involved in this, the ladder match might be slightly different, I think would be fair to say. And I think hopefully these three guys are safe, but we we see a few chances. Like I said, WrestleMania so far has not been anything special, has it? There's not anything that we wouldn't have seen anywhere else, really. But do you think it's, it's kind of playing into this being less special, so... Like the fans don't miss out on special moments. Yeah, I think I think you may be right there. As Morrison botched over Kofi Kingston, seems quite a short space when these three guys trying to fly around with the ladders there as well. Well, do we need a powerhouse? Do we need them this match? Well, I, I think, think Biggie. You know, you could kind of have Morrison and Uso on the ladder fighting it out. Biggie just literally picking up a whole ladder with both of them on it. Moving it. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be quite a cool visual actually. As Uso gets sent to the floor. Kingston with fingertips on a belt. And he notes with uh, Kofi's ring gear as well, something that people maybe not noticed that it started off as white and has been gradually over time. Is that leading to Xavier Woods' return in New Day when it is fully coloured again? You know, this is a certain thing, a little bit of detail that maybe people don't realise. Well, <laughs> possibly either that or he's just getting bored during isolation and colouring it in himself <laughs> yeah. like he's doing with his hair. As he's so now, Morrison scrapping over the ladder. And you can hear the clang. We talked about the chops earlier in the punches. The clang of the metal on the canvas. Oh, and Kofi springboarded through the ladder, but got caught. And then thrown literally <laughs> to the other side of the ring. And that just shows the agility of Kofi Kingston. Uso would have chopped to Morrison. I think it's a paint-by-numbers that he's got on his trousers. Now Morrison's going to Irish rip Uso into the ladder. No, reversed. Morrison slides under it, though. <laughs> it's like the falling building landing through the window isn't it I mean uh, Jimmy tried to slam the ladder onto Morrison and Morrison kind of goes in the apex of the ladder escapes it and throws the ladder onto Jimmy and people wonder if the ladders are real you can actually hear from the sounds that's why people hate ladder matches for because of the punishment they have to take but again obviously it's credit to the athletes for actually putting it all on the line here and so his leg just gets targeted by the ladder and Morrison seems comfortable in there as well is it good to see that Usos and the New Day still in the title picture? I think that the two teams are kind of, as long as they put on great matches that they have, you know, can continue as long as they're fresh fruit feuds. Don't keep going back to New Day and Usos, but they can feud with other new tag teams that are there. That's how good they are. That's how entertaining, especially uh, being constant. Yeah, and this is the thing, the past, since we do the podcast, we've in WWE, then the New Day or the Usos. Lorcan and Birch. Oh, part of them, my favourite tag team, but I'm talking about uh, over a five-year period. As Morrison now just hangs up Jimmy on the ladder that's precariously in the second rope. Morrison now all the way to the top. On the ring post. Oh. Starship pain on the on Jimmy on the ladder on the second rope. That was by Morrison. Kofi still recovering on the outside. Morrison now with just a punt. What'd you call me? <laughs> I said we're a punt to Jimmy sending me outside. Picking up that ladder. And you think the wear and tear of all the men. Do you think having no crowd would have kind of been good for Roman Reigns to win it because you wouldn't hear the booze? Well, exactly. That's what they had hopefully planned. And now, switch. I mean, just imagine this match if the crowd were going absolutely fucking banana with the spots that we've seen so far. Absolutely. And now Kofi springboarded in. Gets caught. Heads it. No. Turns it into a head scissors. Takes Morrison off the ladder. That's very innovative there. For- we talk about high spots. We just saw one there. But who do you think it does favour? Does it favour Kofi Kingston? Because... You know, when we think about single competitors, Kofi's probably had the most success out of the three. In WWE. In WWE, exactly. So does it favour Morrison more? Because he's been more singles recently. 
Um, or Kofi, could he have obviously the WWE title run? Yeah, but he kind of went back to the, his New Day thing, whereas kind of John Mox, a singles wrestler in Impact, he's come here, he's kind of teaming with The Miz. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. It's not the highest spot on the ladder, so I think maybe Kofi at the moment, who's just been so consistent, let's not forget this time last year, Kofi Mania. A year ago. Was, yeah, can you believe that was a year ago? He sends Jimmy to the outside, Morrison's already got the ladder. Kofi moving the ladder, comes flying. Morrison drops his ladder, luckily enough for Kofi. <laughs> yeah, just in time to catch Kofi. Well, do you think it was kind of a bit of a game plan for Morrison not to be caught between like, the ladder and the floor? Yeah, I think he thinks to himself, maybe that's not the best idea, as he's there making sure Kofi's all right. Oh, my God, now Jimmy using the barricade. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I was about to say, Fucking I mean, that hell. was impressive balance by Jimmy. That was an impressive throw by Kofi. I think Kofi's been practicing. He didn't care there. <laughs> he just flew that ladder into him. And the ladder just came bouncing back as well at Jimmy. And a kick for good measure by Kofi. Kofi made his debut at WrestleMania 25. The first WrestleMania he was at. In the Money in the Bank ladder match where he saw a couple of amazing things from that night. Tonight Kofi is just trying to hurt Zeus <laughs> and Morrison seriously. And get the tag team titles for the new day. Well, this ladder's being stretched a very long way. Jimmy goes headfirst into it. Kofi placing him on top. Oh, just matter wars at the new day. And you says have had over time as well. Oh, wait a minute. Morrison going up. Kofi doesn't want him to have the glory. Well, he's thinking that wasn't fair. I'd set him up. And you're going to take it. You're going to take it. And you can see the punishment these three guys have taken. Kofi now going up. But Morrison's going up as well. And Morrison now walking a tightrope. Makes it to Kofi. <laughs> Jesus. He's got Kofi now on the top. Spanish oh. fly. And now Jimmy's recovered. Ooh, splash onto Morrison. All three men crumbled. I mean, what a fucking spot that was for Morrison there. Absolutely brilliant. Walked the top rope into a Spanish fly. <laughs> there are not many wrestlers that could do that. I think Kofi's leg hit the ladder as well. And now maybe it's Jimmy Uso's chance. It kind of makes Jimmy Uso's splash look like nothing. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a chop or something. Oh, Kofi's got the uh, ankle of Jimmy, stopping him from getting up the ladder. I think that's all he can manage. And Kofi's struggling to get up, but knows that his hopes are fading fast. Jimmy desperately reaching for the gold. You just know this is going to end badly for one of these guys, or both of them. Uh, both stumbling on the ladder. Jimmy's got the high ground as he drops a right to Kofi to knock him off the ladder. Tries resuming his climb back up top. Now Kofi's climbing up the inside of the ladder. Kofi there seems at home, managing to climb around and take Jimmy off the ladder. Kofi now manages to turn around. He's got hands on the titles. No, Morrison manages to cut him off. Kofi with a headbutt sends Morrison all the way down. Can he get the titles for him, New Day, and Xavier Woods, who's out injured? No, Morrison again back up. Won't stop yet. Oh! Well, I think Kofi sensed Morrison wouldn't stop. Hits him with a double foot stomp from the ladder. Well, it's been an unbelievable effort from all three men. Like I said, with no nobody in the crowd putting their bodies on the line. You can see the punishment they've taken. And even that with Kofi come diving off the top. And now Jimmy trying to bring that ladder in. Kofi fighting him off. They're having a bit of a tug of war with it. It ends up being placed strategically in the ladder that's set up. Well, that was lucky there. The way it landed is Kofi... Taking Jimmy down. Now Kofi looking to climb up and get the gold. 
That ladder looks like it's seen better days. Kofi comes off the top into a boot from Jimmy. Sent head first into the ladder. Well, the ladder managed to stay in position. Kofi's facial features didn't. I think Jimmy grabbed over the ladder to stop it sliding on top of Kofi. You can just hear the clatter of it as well. It's metal on metal. Morrison goes over. Jimmy goes under. Morrison springboards off into a super kick. Now Jimmy just dumped on top of that ladder. Beautiful agility by Morrison. But I think Uso's had him scouted. And now he's got him in serious trouble. And Jimmy wants to put one after the tag team champions out for good. I don't think Jimmy was moving quick enough. Morrison. Oh, <laughs> throws Jimmy. Out of TV. All the way down to those wafer thin mats. Down at least 15 feet. And how thin are those mats? Well, it's a training centre. So it's designed to toughen up wrestlers. So these mat- mats are actually the thinnest. Known to man. Well, unbelievable. And now Morrison's now so close. Can he go up and get him? Well, Morrison, the amount of punishment that he's had to take. He's struggling to get up there and get the championships. And you think the Miz is watching going, thank God it was Morrison and not me in this <laughs> matchup. Absolutely. And here he comes. But no, wait a minute, Kofi. Kofi's climbing the ladder. Morrison's, oh, nearly unclipped. by Kofi just keeping himself in it. Well, fingertips away. And Morrison with a kick to Kofi, stopping him getting there. Fuck knows how, but Jimmy's back in this match, setting up another ladder. And Morrison and Kofi fight with everything they got on the top. Talk about precarious position. With it all on the line here at WrestleMania. All three men scrambling to the titles. If I was the Usos, though, I'd have, like, Jay hiding under the ring. As soon as Jimmy gets <laughs> beaten down, roll under, switch. Well, you just love doing the clown moment at WrestleMania 9, didn't you? Look at this now, all three men... With the gold in their hands. They've all got their fingertips on. Oh, it's been unclipped, but all three men have got it. So no one's champion yet. And now it's a scramble. And Kofi and Uso trying to take Morrison off. Headbutt. Oh! Morrison falls off. Manages to unsnap the titles. Oh, so Morrison retains the titles. Because he's the one that had them in his hands. <laughs> Uso and Kofi arguing. And so we wanted to take you off rather than do this. Well, Kofi's got himself a nice title holder. Well, he might be able to take the title holder home, but he hasn't got the tag team titles. That goes to Morrison in a fantastic triple threat ladder match. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I don't know how it would have been improved by having all their tag team partners with it. Even the ending was, it was something that we'd not seen before. You know, all three men grabbing the brass ring, but Morrison kind of getting knocked (laughs) off, ripping the titles with him. Yeah, they managed to kill John Morrison, but he does retain the titles. And uh, what a sick bump that was. And what some great moves we saw in that match as well, especially from uh, John Morrison. Fell at home his first WrestleMania back and still tag team champions. And that means another point for both of us as well. So six matches in. It is 4-3 to Dan as we head into our next match. Right, so we move on straight to our next match, which will be Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Uh, of course, there has been a, a major storyline. Major storyline. On Raw recently. Uh, Dan, what have you thought of the build-up to this match? Um, it's been good, you know. Uh, Seth Rollins has kind of had himself as a, a messiah, the saviour of wrestling, so to speak. He's kind of even coming out just like Jesus. And Kevin Owens is kind of just being... Like a Austin-esque Owens and uh, trying to rip into Rollins. Do you think that's the right thing or not to be a rip-off, uh, you know, like I said, with Kevin Owens? Is he a rip-off Stone Cold Steve Austin or not? 
I wouldn't say he's a rip-off, but I think, you know, he's kind of got some of his characteristics. You know, he's just someone that goes out there, don't give a fuck, whereas Austin don't trust anyone. I think Kevin Owens, there's a few people he trusts. Yeah, I think with Owens, I think, you know, trying to get away from that character, but I think this is an important storyline, is that Rollins has completely changed his character again since losing the Universal Championship. This Monday Night Messiah, of course, had Buddy Murphy, the Authors of Pain, kind of helping out. He really thinks he is the greatest thing since life's been. Kevin Owens is a guy, again, going up against him. Again, anti-authority is so to speak. Owens had a lot of friends kind of lost behind. But Rollins has been making a point of saying Owens has not had a WrestleMania moment. He's not had that uh, many, you know, great WrestleMania matches either. Uh, tonight, Seth Rod at Mania. I mean, Rollins has put in some great performance at WrestleMania. There's no doubt about it. But I just feel prediction-wise. Who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for Kevin Owens. Yeah, I too gone Kevin Owens. Just on that note of he should get that moment here tonight, you know. He should, yeah, and to beat the uh, the Monday Night Messiah, I think it would be good. It is KO Mania 4, by the way, for those keeping count. Yeah, of course, uh, facing Chris Jerk at WrestleMania, that apparently matched that Vincent Mann. Absolutely hated well. So wins, uh, actually have a good WrestleMania match with a guy, you know, like I said, won the Intercontinental Championship uh, and also kind of beat Brock Lesnar as well for the uh, Universal Championship. Let's not forget about that with Seth. And Owens wants to bring him on. But I really like Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens is a great worker. I think it's a guy, you know, a year ago, you think before the show, man kind of got his hold on him, how hot he was at that point. And then he just kind of done nothing with him. Why do you think that is with Kevin Owens? Um, I think they're just kind of, they're giving him a slow burn again, you know. They're kind of keeping him in the limelight, but not too bright in the limelight, if you know what I mean. It's, it's just, you know, sizzling over with Owens. He's still hot. He's still relevant. He's still got the fans behind him. But, you know, they're not pushing him the way they have done other wrestlers and kind of fucked it up. Yeah, I think the fans are definitely still behind Kevin Owens. I think there's no doubt about that when you talk about, you know, obviously not now with a crowd response, but what he can do. You know, I think there's a guy, Rowan Skyler, maybe gets uh, painted to it, you know, just because of the way he looks and he's not got like a kind of six-pack and stuff, but he can do stuff in the ring that not many other guys can do as well, you know, with a kind of punishment he could take. Plus the kind of high-flying moves as well. Absolutely, yeah. You can see him do some uh, ridiculous bumps. At the moment, he's kind of absorbing what Seth Rollins can deliver. I think, you know, this this match is not only personal, but I think it's Owens with a point to prove. Yeah, yeah, and it's a fire that Kevin Owens can bring. Not many wrestlers, when, you know, you're a good guy, you kind of get known as bland. You haven't got that what you call fire. You know, a bit like maybe Stone Cold in a certain way. I think with Owens, he definitely brings that. You know, and we've seen it in the early go in this match as well, that he kind of means business. There's a lot of stuff Kevin Owens, I think, can do. You know, when you talk about comedic stuff or kind of, like we talked about original gimmick being a prize fighter or being the guy that would just, you know, beat anybody in sight. I think with Owens, we've seen a, a lot of change around him and this kind of character... We, we seem to know a lot more about Kevin Owens than we do about other guys. Absolutely, yeah. You kind of know what he's about, apart from at the moment. Yeah. You know, well, obviously, you know, at the moment, you know he's about getting rid of Rollins. You know, Rollins, Owen sees him as a guy to beat. So, you know, you've got to kind of, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. And to get opportunities against the other man, you've got to beat the man. And this is the thing, and it's what Seth Rollins stands for and what he has stood for, you know, turning his back on his friends, selling out to the authority, you know, selling out and getting the opportunities. Whereas Kevin Owens is saying, look, I, you know, I'm a family guy, a family man, you know, I've got my kids, I've, I've got my wife, uh, you know, and I, I try to make money to put food on the table for them as well. And I can go about it the right way as opposed to what Seth Rollins is going about it. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you know, you can see 
Seth Rollins, can he do another face turn and it be convincing? I think Seth, the problem is he likes to talk about it. He got bland last time, didn't he? This, as a face. Yeah. We, you know, we kind of turned our backs on him because of the stuff he was saying on Twitter, the kind of personality. Maybe Seth is a guy that suits more of the heel role just because of what he looks like and what he says. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to even try and push his face factor, they kind of had Dean Ambrose turning against him just after Roman Reigns, or the same night. Yeah. Roman Reigns kind of announced his uh, leukemia battle. But there are some wrestlers that favour the heel better than the face anyway. You know, maybe Seth Rollins is one of those guys. There's no doubt he's definitely believing in the character that he's been given out of Monday Night Messiah. Owen's trying to powerbomb Seth Rollins on the eighth, and he managed to back body drop him and then hit a falcon arrow, and he's in complete control. As he comes diving outside for a suicide dive, or tope suicide. Now Seth seems quite confident. So what would be next in, like, you know, in the case of victory for either of these men, do you think they're going to be putting back into the title picture? I think most definitely. I think Kevin Owens deserves another run. If you look at his... His universal title run, I mean, that got cut short by Goldberg beating him, you know, the month before WrestleMania. Thank God that's not happened again. Uh, and you can see what, you know, I, I think Owens deserves a run. Look at what he was like as NXT champion. Look at what he's the United States champion. I think sometimes there's, it, it, the belt doesn't make the guy, but I think sometimes when it's held by a person, it means more. Look at Bret Hart. Bret Hart was a great champion because any title we held, he held it with kind of respect and the prestige it deserved. Well, Rollins looking for his third suicide dive, but Owens cu- cuts him off this time. I think Seth, but he hits a swing blade. There's no doubt Seth Rollins is a great wrestler, but he's not as good as he thinks he is. No. Uh, and I think that's the problem with Seth that we've seen, and I think people don't give Kevin Owens a chance. I mean, this is a feud that has been going on, you know, since before Christmas. This is how long the feud between these guys. But do you think it's good to keep these two guys busy and out of the title picture? I think with Seth Rollins, most definitely. I think if you look at the past few years, he's been featured more heavily than and I think if we're going to see it, there's no problem with Rollins working with these guys and giving them a victory because we know how WWE think of Seth Rollins. You know, they think Absolutely. of him as a kind a Monday of... Monday Night Messiah. Exactly, <laughs> a man, you know, a main eventer. Whereas uh, to get a victory, I think, would, would work for Owens because maybe he hasn't got it. Well, we've seen Seth looking for two curb stomps. Owens ducking both of them and kind of hitting a lovely DDT on Rollins. There's no doubt they've picked up chemistry with each other. Absolutely, match. yeah. Well, there we go. See, there's Seth telling the referee to tell Owens what was going to happen next. So we, we are seeing bits and pieces of that, but if you don't really, because that's what the half of the referee's job is, is to communicate what's going on. And Cannonball! Owens. Sorry to cut you off there, but. Takes out, uh, as Owens takes out Rollins. Looking for the bullfrog splat. No, sent on bomb. No, just a two count. Two. Yeah, you know, I think Seth Rollins is a bit too loud. Normally you hear Owens when he's a heel, most certainly being cocky and kind of taunting his opponent. But I think Seth Rollins has been making most of the noise in this match. Yeah, I mean, Seth is... Uh, <laughs> you can hear him grunting as well. I think that adds a little something because you can't hear the crowd. And now I was maybe looking for the pop-up powerbomb. Uh, Rollins jumps over, misses with a kick, gets rolled up, but he rolls through. Looking for a super kick. Owens catches the foot, spins Rollins round. Looking for a stunner. No, Rollins blocks. It's a step up in Seguri. Rocks Owens against the ropes, who responds with a lovely clothesline, turns Seth inside out. I think that's where it misses the crowd a little bit, where yeah. they would then applaud. Ooh, yeah, exactly, applaud the... Uh, but I think after the, the kind of dodgy start we've had at WrestleMania, it's kind of picked up a little bit. I think, you know... It has. That last match great. This match, it's... 
It's a nice slow burner. It's giving it time. It's not over like the the, the Baszler match was. And there we go. We see Owen's trash talking. We hear it. Yeah, I'm seeing it and hearing it at the same time. You got subtitles on there. <laughs> and that Owen's looking for a suplex. Rollins desperately trying to hold on. Yeah, blocks it. Grabs hold of Owen's beard. And Rollins by any means necessary. We've seen that in the past. Now going to try and set of a sunset flip. Here we go. Buckle bomb. Super kick. Owens is down in prime position. Another huge kick to the face. And now Rollins. Pop-up powerbomb. One, two, no. Seth managing to kick out. Uh, Well, Rollins went for the curb stomp. and got caught by Owens. Powerbomb's the move that retired Sting as well. Let's not forget about that. And it's quite weird because, again, watching it, if you're looking, maybe for the first time, you go, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy? Well, good guys wear white, bad guys wear black, didn't they? But in this yeah. one, <laughs> the good guy, the Messiah, is, is actually the bad one. The angel and devil on your shoulder. And Rollins now trying to get out of the ring. Owen's chasing him. Seth looking to run through where the crowd would be. And then he rings Owen's bell. Well, bell to the face, and that's it. Well, disqualification. And Seth with a bell, and maybe he just didn't want to fight Owens. And there you go, Owens wins. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, well, it was a bit of an anticlimactic match, you know. Uh, I was expecting a bit more from the Monday Night Messiah, but Kevin Owens with the victory there. So went and good in my books. Well, Rollins took the easy way out. Certainly going to leave it open for another match between these two. Yeah, but at WrestleMania, Drew on a DQ finish, you know, like this is meant to be the the be-all and end-all. And Rollins now just saying, well, I don't matter, i got out of here alive. Wait a minute, Owens got the microphone. Well, Owens calling Rollins a bitch. He's saying you meant to be a god. That's not how gods wrestle. I want you to come down here and prove it. Well, Owens is offering Seth Rollins, saying, look, come on. Don't be a bitch. Come and fight me. No disqualification. No rules. No, Rollins saying, don't test me. But Owens there showing exactly what a face should do. Say, nah, uh, uh, uh. That ain't I've got gonna the happen. victory, but I'm not happy with this victory. And Owens saying, go on, bring it. Rollins coming, running towards Owens with a huge knee. And now slaps to the back of Owens, sending him to the outside. So does that mean we get a point for Owens getting a victory? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, the match has continued now. The match continued, no disqualification, and Owens sent it to Barry Cade. The match starts anew. And maybe this is the way Rollins gets his victory. Uh, Rollins promising Owens a WrestleMania moment as he throws him into Barry Cade. And again, I think it works. You can hear Rollins going, I'll do whatever I want, all right. Picks up the steel steps now. Oof. As he slams the steel stairs into the side of Kevin Owens' head. Well, stairs just took out Kevin Owens there. No protection. Fucking okay, hell. And Rollins telling people to move. Let's not forget about social distancing. Well, they are moving to over two metres away from the Monday Night Messiah. Now Rollins got the chair. Oh! My God, that gunshot's going off. The two chair shots down on Kevin Owens. And look at the dented chair. And I think Rollins, maybe Owens shouldn't have tested him. Rollins saying, if you just shut your mouth. Oh, Owens could have escaped EQ victory, but a victory nonetheless. And now he's getting punished by Seth Rollins with a steel stairs and a couple of chair shots. And it's Rollins in complete control. He had a full screen replay as well, so they could just edit the action. So, the shot. Well, it's Owens turning it around and hitting Seth Rollins with a ring bell. Well, full fair love and war, isn't it? I mean, this is how Rollins ended the last match, and Owens now... Just rang Rollins' bell. Twice. Where's Kevin Owens going now? Going to look for some more weapons. Well, Rollins is nearly enough out on the announce table. 
And Owens is up on top of the WrestleMania sign. Well, the WrestleMania sign there. It's got to be at least 15 foot up. And Owens says, how's this for a WrestleMania moment? <laughs> Drops the elbow through Rollins. Shit. Oh. Holy shit. shit. Holy, Holy shit. <laughs> well, my God, I think we have a WrestleMania moment. Owens off the top of the WrestleMania sign. I mean, that must at least 30 feet in the air. At least 35 foot up. And they referee's trailing his EMTs down to call social distancing. Kind of goes out the window when someone's injured. And Owens now using the barricade to get up. <laughs> he's been in a war. And he's just come flying up there as well. Rollins is out. Owens now throwing Rollins back in. You can hear Seth Rollins nearly crying. Well, Owens can barely get to his feet. He's picking up Seth. Seth saying it doesn't have to be like this. And Owens, stunner, hits Seth Rollins, goes for the pin. One, two, three. There you go. Kevin Owens beats Seth Rollins at WrestleMania in a damn fine effort. If I don't say so myself, both these guys have the character that kind of showed it. You you went through the match. You saw what was going to happen. The DQ, everybody, I was like, oh, no. Uh, but Owens, it worked well for Owens being the face. It didn't hurt Rollins because he's a star anyway. And then you get the spot at the end as well. It's fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. Again, these two guys, they can tell an absolute brilliant story. You know, Seth Rollins may not be as good as he thinks he is. Owens, he's kind of not your catch-can style wrestler. (laughs) But what you can say about these two guys is their storytelling. Absolutely fucking brrilliant. Crazy. That bump there, you just see the camera angles. You see Owens look like he's jumping on you. He comes out and just takes him out. Well, look, you can see the cameraman from this wider shot. I mean, if you're that cameraman, you know... At what point do you think, fuck, I've got to move? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then finally, the stunner, the first man to win with a stone cutter with a, stu- with a stunner since, I reckon, WrestleMania 18, when Austin beat Scott Hall. Yeah. And Kevin Owens picks up the victory, looks down, says, oh, this is the right, this is the right victory, right match. And I'll tell you what, WrestleMania... Is actually not too bad. It means we both get another point as well. So it's four, five. Well, Dan's in the lead with five points. With just two matches to go. And our next match is for the Universal Championship. And it's Dan. It's one of your favourites. One of your legendary guys going against Goldberg. So that be interesting. No, it's Braun Strowman. It should have been Roman Reigns. What are your thoughts on the whole kind of kick gag? But actually, before we get that... Just say we had Paul Heyman uh, giving an interview as well about what his, uh, Brock Lesnar is going to do to Drew McIntyre tomorrow night. And Mojo won the 24 title off uh, Archley enough. All right, we're moving on to the Universal title. Dan, what are your thoughts on all this? Um, well, I don't think it should be Goldberg holding the title personally. You know, as, as much as I am a huge fan of his, I don't think it's kind of the right thing to do. But I think the right thing is... Is you know it was scheduled to be Roman Reigns to be going against Goldberg, and I think for Roman Reigns to get the victory over the man who beat um, Bray Wyatt, I think that's the right thing to do. Um, but you know the fact that it's Braun Strowman now, you know it's kind of okay. So the man's a filler; he's a kind of last-minute entrant to this match. It's going to be held by Goldberg until like you know this COVID nineteen pandemic is over. Yeah. And then we're going to get the match that we was intending to see tonight. Yeah. I mean, was it said to you that, Braun, we never seen you as a world champion contender, but now Reigns is out, we've got no other choice but to put you in this position, you know? So I think for Goldberg as well to come back, and like you said, what they did with The Fiend 
and then it's happening. It's kind of, it's shot them in the face, no matter what happens now. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the thing. We don't know when Roman Reigns is going to get back. And hey, this is not a, a dig at Roman Reigns. Take, you know, don't, until he feels safe, that's what I say to everybody as well. You know, you don't have to, uh, to do it, especially with the underlying health issues that he has exactly, as well. Exactly, you know? yeah. You know, Roman Reigns, I think he's more high risk than anyone else. You know, these are, and, you know, again, with this pandemic, it is kind of, people with underlying health issues but don't kind of take that for granted if you haven't got any underlying health issues you can still catch it you can still get it seriously and it can still fuck you up but i'm sure you know these wrestlers superstars have had their temperatures tested constantly throughout you know they've kind of been monitored closer than anything um so you know it's not going to be kind of like a oh yeah we think you're fine, so come on, let's go on with it. It is kind of like a, a rigorous testing. You know You know what these guys are like for their concussion protocol, so this is going to be kind of up there with any other testing that they're going to be doing. Yeah, so this is Braun Strowman versus Goldberg for the Universal Championship, a match that no one wanted that we are getting now. One good thing about this is the entrances. We don't have to wait 20 minutes for them to get to the ring. Nice and quick. Strowman's already been out here. Goldberg's out. We'll do predictions. It's me to go. I'm saying, and still Universal Champion, Goldberg. I don't think it's right for Braun to win the championship right now. Uh, I don't as well. I've gone for Goldberg. Um... You know, it's, as I've said before, it's going to be Goldberg holding it until a time is fit for him to go against Roman Reigns so then Roman can get the pop for beating the man who kind of beat the man that the fans were behind. Yeah, without a doubt, I think with Roman Reigns being out of it, it's it's horrible circumstance. Like we said, we wish him well. But with this, they've got to make a best of a bad situation. Situation. Is this the right choice? I don't know, you know, with Goldberg here... I mean, you're a huge fan of Goldberg. Is it right for Goldberg to even be Universal Champion right now? And I know you're a big Goldberg fan. Um, aside from Brock Lesnar, who else could you have seen legitimately defeating Bray Wyatt? You know, the man who beat Kevin Owens in a few seconds, the man who obliterated Lesnar, you know, just like that. But that's Goldberg. I mean, is this the same Goldberg as it was back then? It's different. He's, he's aged, doesn't he? He's... Uh, or do you still class him as the same kind of Goldberg? Um, you know, he's still got that intensity. He's still got that power. Again, you know, aside from the rock returning, I think Goldberg is kind of like one of the next best things. Well, in your eyes, I mean, uh, many people will probably disagree, but that's what we're going to get now. And like we said, we've had the in-ring introductions and uh, Charles Robson. Yeah, exactly. Charles in charge. And so we're going to see how long this match actually lasts. Now we're going... Five but, minutes? Well... We'll see. Spear, 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 jack, fucking jackhammer. Yeah, you can jackhammer. I don't know if we'll be able to pick him up, but both guys staring at each other. And there's not that much height difference between Goldberg and Strowman, even though there's been no build-up to this as well. Well, maybe that's what they're both saying. Hey, look, we didn't know we were going to be in this match. I was like, I was expecting Roman. (laughs) Exactly. Irish ripped by Goldberg. Braun moves out of the way. Comes charging towards him. Strowman with Goldberg on his shoulder, but Goldberg with a backslide. Hits a spear as Strowman comes off the ropes. Eyes up for another spear. Spears Strowman out of his boots again. But Strowman is getting up as quickly as he's getting put down. Credit to Braun. But Goldberg keeps reloading with these spears into a cover. Two. No, Strowman managing to kick out. Uh Goldberg, I don't think, can believe how tough Strowman was. And it looks like Goldberg's going to go for another spear. I usually ask you what happens after the jackhammer. But it looks like there's going to be another spear now. For Goldberg on Braun. 
Here he comes. Spear. We're, we're in Spear City now. <laughs> Suplex City's right down the road. And he signifies he's going to jack him up, James. Or can he put Braun Strowman away? He's managed to put a big show away with this move. But no, Strowman, power slam. And Goldberg getting up very quickly from that. Do finishes not matter anymore? What's going on? Well, I think he's just putting over what beast these men are. You've got the monster among men. You've got Goldberg, who need I say any more. And a third power slam, but Goldberg isn't staying down. And Goldberg struggling to get to his feet. Well, three power slams. It's going to take a bit of a bit of it out, yeah. Now Goldberg in trouble up again. We're going to see the full front power slam. This one, one, two, three, and Goldberg has lost. Yes, and new Universal Champion Braun Strowman. I mean, what a moment, eh? We never what saw a, you. What well, a moment champion. to have. In front of no fucking fans. We never wanted you as champion. We had no other choice but to give it to you now. I mean, what a fantastic. I mean, after no build-up as well. Goldberg, thank God he beat the Fiend to lose to Braun Strowman. I suppose, you know, you come into WrestleMania expecting shocks. That is a fucking shock. You know, a man who's kind of like a filler in this match. A man, as you said, has had no build-up into it whatsoever. There's no underlying storylines between these two. As far as I'm aware, they're both faces. You know, nothing going on between them. But, you know, sorry, Roman's ill, you know, obviously. Again, well, he's not ill, but he's kind of taking precautions, rightly so. So you're going to kind of fill in for him. We're not expecting you to win, but you are going to win. Yeah, and like I said, Braun Strowman does get the victory going. Does Goldberg even come back from this? You know, and if he does, so what? And like I said, Strowman now is champion. No one wanted him as champion. No one cares. In the same weekend that Drew McIntyre hoped he's going to climb the mountain, look at the difference in build-up. One of them's had won the Rumble and come all this, this journey to come to this place, and one of them had it changed on a Friday night before the Saturday won the title, saying, you're going to be in this match. It, it just shows you WWE sometimes can be so... Uh, I don't think WrestleMania has been too bad up until this point. But it's, again, matches like this that kind of, for me, don't make much sense. Well, but, do you, you think know. it's going to make even less sense if, you know, heaven forbid, McIntyre doesn't win? If McIntyre doesn't win, I quit. <laughs> Simple as that. Because, you know, kind of like, as you're saying, a match that has had zero build-up, nothing to it, you know, no no personal stuff to have Braun Strowman getting the victory over Goldberg and then to have kind of like a match as you say you know McIntyre won the Rumble but not only won the Rumble he eliminated Brock Lesnar you know and he had him in his sights he was eliminating people had Lesnar in his sights still and it's kind of been built up between these two guys to have it taken away from him just like that yeah unbelievable stuff Uh, but we will carry on with Wrestlemania after that, it means we both get a point. Uh, no, neither of us get a point, so it's still 5-4 as we head in to our main event. And they've just announced that WrestleMania next year will be held in Los Angeles. We knew that already. Is that right, though? Shouldn't um, shouldn't Tampa host WrestleMania next year, considering they didn't have it this year? Personally, I think Tampa should hold the WrestleMania next year. And the people who bought tickets to see this show should automatically be put front of the queue. So, look, you know, we've refunded your ticket, but we want you to have first priority at tickets for this year. So, oh, well, we'll see what happens 
with that anyway. Uh, but we, we move on. And our last match of part one. And me and Dan have discussed this as well. And he wants to pay for you to continue into night two. So the scores uh, will continue into night two. Two. Uh, so this is the main event for night one. 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 Undertaker versus AJ Styles. Dan, what have you thought of the build-up to this match? Um, You know, it's kind of come from this gauntlet match. Well, I think AJ Styles, you know, he's kind of being his cocky, putting himself over phase, you know, kind of saying that, you know, he has beaten the best, he's beaten everyone, he's done this, that and the other in wrestling. Has this gauntlet match, expects to face Rey Mysterio, doesn't, gets completely annihilated by The Undertaker, and then Taker comes out kind of like in his American Badass-style gimmick. Is this the things to come for uh, what's going to happen in this Boneyard match? Is he going to be in his long trench coat with Druids, or is he going to be kind of... uh, Limp biscuit rolling, rolling, rolling down to the ring. But this adds another dimension to the Undertaker character where it seems he's moving away from more the kind of mystic dead man that we knew to the more cast being himself, calling himself Mark, you know, being able to do more interviews now and stuff like this, you know. But he's still kind of playing his mystique, you know. We see on Raw with a contract signing, the OC kind of slide the contract into the ring, Undertaker's in the ring. And then the lights go out and then bong, he's behind the OC. Kind of, is that the mystic mind games you want to see from The Undertaker? Or do you think it's something that he needs to do? Or do you think it's something that, I don't know, does it add another dimension to his game? Or I think it does, you know. I think we're seeing it now to a point. It's just a shame AJ Styles, The Undertaker, couldn't have a match, you know, four or five years ago when The Undertaker was still kind of delivering in ring. I'm expecting this to be different to... To most of what we've seen kind of here tonight as well. But I think with the Undertaker, if you have to do that, then so be it. You know, the character and then finally moving towards the end of him, you know, eventual retirement as it is. This is main event in the first part of WrestleMania. I thought it was going to be basic, but it's, it's this one here. And AJ's story is quite simple. Undertaker is an old man. He's not scared of Mark Calloway. Should he be, you know? And that's the question we're hoping to get answered here tonight. So prediction-wise, Dan, in this one, our final match of part one... One. Let's not forget part two. Two. Is out on Sunday. We're going to bring that to you. And of course, Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar will be main eventing that one. Uh, who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for... The Undertaker. Kamala. Uh, yeah, I too have gone The Undertaker. Wait a minute. And we've gone straight to the Boneyard match. <laughs> straight to the Boneyard. That's what James calls his bedroom, by the way. And um, we can see... We can hear the Undertaker's theme tune. We can see all the gravestones. There's that hearse pulling up as the, uh, the gates open. Well, the Undertaker's not using his American badass-style music. He has got the old uh, dongs and the graveyard music. I'm in. Well, the hearse opens and the druids are there pulling out the casket. And it's AJ inside the casket. And what a ride as he comes out. His music plays. Well, AJ Styles ready. He's not scared. Of this place. Here's a motorbike. Oh my god. He's, on... he's got a different theme. He's on the bike. It's not Limbiscuit. It sounds a bit like Metallica to yeah, me. I think it is. And he comes out, comes on the road. Look at him. This is shot outside, like in a graveyard somewhere. Production values are quite good, don't get me wrong. But a kind of final deletion type look about it. Obviously, performance center is done now for the night. <laughs> I'm taking here. What do you think of his new look? 
boots, the trousers, and leather vest. Oh, it's uh, it certainly is different, but it's it's kind of a good different. Uh, the American Badass and AJ Styles looking on. Oh, we've got ominous music now. I'm taking steps from the light. And AJ's still trash-talking. AJ's dug a grave, he says to the Untaker. Untaker's like, you dug your old grave, boy. There's 13 years difference between the two of these guys. Undertaker, 55. AJ Styles, 43. And AJ now picking up a rock, but getting caught by a right hand. Picking up the rock, or a rock? <laughs> no, a rock. Right. Untaker's like, come on, big guy. So a couple of asses. Yeah. He wants to show uh, AJ's hole. Come and let me put you in my hole. Come on, son. And Undertaker sends AJ inside the casket. What are your thoughts right now, Dan? Uh, my thoughts are that there's no commentators, which I enjoy. You know, it is just kind of trash talking. You can hear the thud. You can hear everything going on. And Undertaker with a, a metal spike or a metal shard. He slams his fist through the window. Oh, my God. Look at that. His arm cut open after trying to hit AJ. Oh, you bitch. I think it's showing AJ his gash. Styles man Undertaker, though. I'm trying to get the hood off the car. And the Undertaker throws Styles for a windscreen. Well, just like that. Breaks a glass. That's not Stone Cold's entrance, by the way. It's very similar to a match Vampiro and Sting had at Great America Bash 2000 as well. And again, WWE laughed at it at the time. And now AJ trying to get over the hearse. There's nowhere to run. And now AJ is in serious trouble. Well, the Undertaker's mounting him on top of... Uh... The hearth slaying in huge right hands. Calling him a sorry son of a bitch. I think Stars is starting to wish he never asked for this match. Taker's definitely not going to be diving off the roof of that car <laughs> onto Styles. Well, Taker's got a lot more, he says, as AJ now running for his life. Is this actually a wrestling match or is it edited to look like part of a horror film? It's a horror film, isn't it? I mean, like I said the editing, camera work. Who knows how long this actually took to take to film. Well, do you think, again, this kind of plays into The Undertaker's wheelhouse? You know, they can edit any senior moments out. Well, yeah, but I, I expect the same for the feed Cena match tomorrow and possibly parts of Orton Edge, you know. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do there. You know, like you said, with The Undertaker character, it does work. Well, it's definitely been put in the main event as well, which is, I think is another question. This is certainly anything, something different than anything we've ever seen in WWE up until a point. Especially at WrestleMania as well. And now AJ trying to fight back against Untaker. Not like this is a kind of normal match at all. Right, precarious over the gravesite. Taker, one right hand, drop styles to the mat or to the floor. Grass, mud. <laughs> See the gravesite there and we got like the, the digger with a bucket full of mud. And AJ falls into the grave. And Untaker saying, how's it feel down there? And then they go, hey, dead man. As the gala saying, it's only getting started. Taker just spits as the music plays. Come here, boy. Tell me, boy, do you bleed? Oh, wait a minute. The lights are on the shed. And it's the Undertaker's druids coming to Taker's rescue. I don't think they're here to rescue him. I think they're here to hurt him. I don't think much about the new series of Arrow. <laughs> I am enjoying the Undertaker now surrounded druids. What's he going to do? Get too old for this shit. Riggs! <laughs> Riggs! Look at too old for this shit. Do it. <sighs> And now Taker taking out everyone in sight. Most useless druids of all time, but oh, Gallows and Anderson. They're not useless druids. And look, Gallows and Anderson, main event in the WrestleMania, right? Who would have ever thought it? Indeed. Get your ass up, boy. They want the shovel and they're going to put the Untaker down. Taker with a boot up for Anderson. Escapes Gallows' grasp. A huge uppercuts for the OC members. Well, they wanted the shovel and the Untaker's got it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm taking out just beating the shit out of Gallows and Anderson. Styles comes back. Hits Undertaker with a tombstone. Oh my god. Tombstone to the back of the head. And AJ said, You ain't got what it takes, old man. And AJ still talking trash. Credit to him after having his shit kicked out of the majority of it. No, AJ laying in the right hand. I think he's hurt his own hand hitting the Undertaker. He dislocated his thumb. And it broke his, his finger. fingers and he's shouting it. Make me rub my finger. And AJ wants the Undertaker to, I uh, think, get up. Undertaker does get back to his feet. Here comes AJ. Charges at Undertaker. Sends him through a fence into God knows where. So do you think this is more of a privilege for a wrestler to be facing Undertaker than to be fighting for a title? No, not anymore. Not since the street broke. Since the street broke, the aura went, I feel, with the Undertaker. Do you still not think, say, look, you know, I'm AJ Styles, not only have I won WWE Championship, but I've faced him. Yeah. I suppose you can say, but I'd, I'd rather have an AJ straight up wrestling match with Undertaker. If anybody can pull a good match out from the Undertaker now, it would be an AJ Styles. Don't Absolutely. Get, or John Cena. You know, don't get wrong, I don't mind seeing this match, but I think AJ Styles would be more accustomed to it if you were going to do it. When the Undertaker now, you could just hear him go, Ooh. Well, cut for 10 minutes. <laughs> Let the Undertaker get his breath back. I, I think AJ's broken him. I'd love to see Paul Bearer, superimposed Paul Bearer walking out. As The Undertaker tells AJ Styles he's number one. He may be down, but he's certainly not out. As The Undertaker's wheezing. Undertaker's having difficulty breathing. Uh-oh. He's got a cough. And he's coughing. Oh, shit. <laughs> I guess bitch is the word for the night. Meant to be make a badass, broken down bitch. AJ's doing a world of favour. He's going to take out The Undertaker. He's going to bury him. Unbelievable. This is the end of The Undertaker, then. And a shovel across the back as AJ Styles stands over his fallen opponent. Well, this is more personal than anything else. They're trying to kill each other. And AJ now is going to bury the Undertaker alive. One handful at a time. And he's looking at that digger. And he's going to use it now, AJ. Well, I've not seen a, a big digger like that in a long, long time as AJ now. Going to put it to good use. And he can start the engine and bury the Undertaker alive. Nothing the dead man can do. Oh my god! What? As if by magic the Undertaker has appeared behind AJ Styles and he grabs him by the throat, drags him off that digger. And now AJ in all sorts of trouble, scrambling away, knows he's, he's between a rock and a hard place. Or the Undertaker on the graveside. Or Styles now running up into the house up the ladder. And the Undertaker saying it took 30 years of ass kickings. I'm still here. Oh my god! And more mystery from The Undertaker as he kind of makes pyros come from behind AJ, blocking his escape. Well, there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, Gallows is up and they're down as quick. And this doesn't look good for any of the... Uh... Oh my God, the club! Oh! He just killed Luke Gallows. Gallows is dead. And now Anderson... Oh my God! He just hit him with a tombstone. Styles and Undertaker... Did you me now, AJ? I think the Undertaker's enjoyed. AJ can't believe it. he had him dead and buried. Or gets caught with a hand round the throat. AJ Styles begging as the Undertaker draws him close to the edge. Oh my god! Oh! <laughs> Taker throws Styles off a roof. AJ is dead. <laughs> yeah, he was 43. <laughs> and Undertaker is now crawling, well, walking towards AJ. AJ is moving a little bit. Well, he's asked what his wife's name is. We get confused with that as well. 55. Well, AJ, boy. AJ must have internal bleeding for full flat distance. Definitely all his bleeding's on the inside. And the Undertaker thinks it's going to be nice now. He's saying, come here, AJ, we're fine. Come here, buddy. 
Uh, the Undertaker picking AJ up. That's nice to see, oh, actually. Nice embrace. Yeah, after all this, we've seen... Uh-oh. No, no, he's, he's, just, just, he's carrying him yeah. back to medical help. There you go. When the Undertaker's saying you're tougher than I think, AJ saying, don't bury me, he's sorry. AJ Styles is now coughing and having difficulty breathing. <laughs> there you go, the Undertaker helping him up. Undertaker saying, go like a man. He's got AJ around the throat. Well, I was thinking he's Undertaker, you know, in his defence... He's realising that they are closer than a two-metre span. So what do you do when someone is closer than a two-metre span, James? you got to keep your social distance. You've got to keep two metres away. Exactly. And what's the best way to do that? Well, I suppose chokeslamming in the grave would solve that problem right now. And what if they're infected? Well, you've got to cover them to make sure you catch the infection doesn't spread. So the Undertaker was just following, follow, you know, normal health advice. Oh, he's clapping for the NHS. Exactly. Giving a hug to AJ Styles. So you give me a big fight. Of course I'm never going to bury you. Oh, no. Undertaker with a big boot, sending Styles into the grave. Oh, the Undertaker's not happy, looking down at AJ. No, Undertaker, don't do it. He can't do it, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but he's sitting on that digger. He's starting the engine. And he's looking to bury AJ Styles alive. <laughs> As the mud covers Styles' body. Oh, my God. And the Undertaker has said what he out, set out what he's going to do. That is bury AJ Styles alive. <coughs> oh, look at that. The young comes to grave and says, AJ Styles, rest in peace. He had it planned all along. And AJ, oh no. His hand out of the grave. As he picks up his bandana, shakes it off, hops on his two-wheeler, goes back to Texas. Well, yeah, he goes back home. That's what the Untaker is all about. In this first ever Boneyard match, the Undertaker, arm up in the air, the Undertaker symbol. And a light show. And well, the... for 30 years, James, he's been digging holes and taking souls. And it continued here at WrestleMania 36. In the first ever Boneyard match, the Undertaker wins. Uh, what are your thoughts on what we've just seen? Um, As I say, it was more like a clip from a fuse to a wrestling match itself. I think that kind of played into The Undertaker's wheelhouse, being able to do his gimmicks, being able to, you know, do what he does, kind of having a bit of a rest as well. So, yeah, you know, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It was a very different way of doing things, and especially in this kind of pandemic, it kind of helps that out as well, you know. it's I completely agree with it. Like, uh, yes, it's a show we didn't see him in the ring, but I think the light lighting that we had, the kind of the editing, it was kind of a, a really good story told. Was it what we were expecting? Probably not. Uh, but there's a kind of serious side to it. Yeah, it helped it out. It is a lot more enjoyable as well. I think it'll be more enjoyable the more times people watch it as well to try and, you know, just get used to the idea. Uh, but I mean, I wouldn't want to see this thing, I wouldn't want to see that type of thing all the time. But then and again, you can bring that out, especially if you've got someone whose you know, the enemy is of the Undertaker as well, that actually means something, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, you know, with someone as synonymous as AJ Styles, he's kind of someone that you can have that match with. But, you know, I think these kind of matches, you know, like the Buried Alive match, the Casket match, you know, the uh, the Boneyard match as well, I think these are kind of matches that are going to go when the Undertaker goes. You know, they're kind of going to have to change it up when and if someone else comes into, like, his shoes. Yeah, I think I agree with you with that. But that is WrestleMania 36. That is part. Forget we'll bring you part two on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get to all that. But don't worry, how are we going to get all that? For that match. Yeah, prediction wise for that, uh, we both got another point, so it's six five. Don't worry, I told you, we'll get to it. 
Uh, and then what we're going to do after that, so 6-5 at the moment, Dan's going to, we're going to continue this on to part two. Two. Like I said, which is out Sunday as well. And now we're going to go back and look out. Uh, so the kickoff match was Gulak versus Cesaro. It's five minutes. They didn't care about it, so we don't free out five. Bliss Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors to start off the show, Dan. Um, I've, you know, I thought it was a, a very good way. Uh, it was a very good match, enjoyable. I think, you know, all four women actually brought it. You know, you got to see everyone hitting their kind of significant finishes as well. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a bad match at all. I think I'll give that three and three quarters. Yeah, I'll give that a three and a half out of five. It was a good start and the right team one, which is always good. Elias versus Corbin was, shouldn't have been there, really. Three out of five is a base, which I'm going to give it because I'm quite nice in that yeah, one. I'll give it a three and a quarter out of five. I didn't like it as much as you did. Uh, Becky Lynch versus Shania Basler. Um, I've... I, not too keen on the ending of that match, but I think it kind of leaves it open for these two women to have another match down the end. As opposed to saying Becky Lynch was the winner, I think she's more of an escapee from Shayna Baszler. Um, I don't know if if they was to have Shayna Baszler winning it, I think it would have been better for Baszler to win it tonight with no crowd as opposed to having it her winning it in front of a crowd. Um, but overall, it wasn't a terrible match. Uh, I'm going to give it a three and three quarters again. Yeah, I, my only thoughts on this was that Ronda Rousey's back on Raw. Only because why would they not do it unless there's there's a return and Rousey coming back, you know? Uh, that's what my thoughts are for this now. There's a reason why Lynch has retained that. I was a bit disappointed, too short. I gave it a three, out of five, three and a half out of five. I see title match, Sami Zayn, uh, beating Daniel Bryan. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts on that match, I, I think if Sami Zayn was to get any recognition being the IC champion, he should have beaten Daniel Bryan, mano y mano. Um, the victory over Bryan, nonetheless, I think it is a bit of a stepping stone for Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn is a lot better than some little bitch who backs off at every match. You know, We've seen him have some very good... NXT Championship matches, and I think they should kind of showcase what he can do in the ring, apart from you know what his kind of character is. Yeah, but still, you know, it was an enjoyable match. Yeah, I, I go it three out of five again. I, I go that three and a quarter out of five. Three and a quarter. Uh, I, I don't think it was is too bad. And then the night kind of picked up from this point on because we had Joe Mo, Kofi, and of course uh, Jay Uso in a ladder match, and I think all three guys pull it all. On the line. This was a match that, yes, it was a shame there was no holy shit chance to the crowd, but there was enough stuff in it to kind of think this is a special event because of what these guys are doing. Yeah, there was a few, you know, great moments. The tight walk rope into a Spanish flight is something that <laughs> I've never seen before, but I want to see it every fucking match John Morrison has. And it just goes to showcase that this bloke is not over the hill just yet. And time is right. WWE definitely need to pull the trigger with him for sure. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I gave that a four and a half out of five. I gave that a four and a half out of five as well. And then we moved on. We had Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Thought it was going to be DQ. Uh, 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 and it turned into a great match, didn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of... It, I did actually get a bit disappointed when, you know, he hit Owens with the bell and kind of the referee called it and they was kind of, you know, Seth Rollins was making his way out. I think, you know, it was good the way that Owens called it back. And you had kind of like the holy shit moment in that match as well. And following a match that was as good as a ladder match to kind of bring something else that would have also made you go holy shit yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah, to going, yeah. 
Well, you know, we just seen a tight walk, tight rope walk Spanish fly here. We seen someone flying off fucking ladders. We seen this, that, and the other, and to still do something in a match that makes you think, fucking hell, you know, that was brutal. The chair shots and the stat was echoing throughout the arena as well. It kind of made it seem like it hurt a lot more. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I said, it was a great match. What was your score for that? I gave that a four and three quarters. Four and a three quarter. I gave it a four and a quarter. Um, out of five, obviously. And then we had Goldberg versus Braun. I mean, Goldberg's your favourite, Dan. What are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> this match kind of played into Goldberg's wheelhouse. You know, it was short but sweet. You know, it done... I think this is kind of like the way that if they're going to go with Braun Strowman, now is the time. You know, not to have him lose the title to Roman Reigns the next opportunity when everyone's hit and fit and healthy. I think that would be a bad thing to do. I think Strowman needs to beat off opponent after opponent after opponent to kind of get himself some recognition that he deserves. Yeah. It was the wrong time to do it, granted, but if you've gone with it now, fucking run with it. I gave that a five. I gave that a three out of five. Yeah, I just, it just, I just, I just not have the match. Have Goldberg versus Braun non-title or something like that, you know, or, or have, I think that makes sense. And then the main event, Untake versus AJ Styles, something completely different to anything we've seen before, but still very, very good, wasn't it? You know, like, the, the, like we talked about the cinematography, the lightning, lighting, the kind of the way the story was told uh, was quite enjoyable, maybe not for everyone, but I think definitely over time, you know, I, I think if this was the main event of a normal, just a WrestleMania, people might have gone, oh, but because it's part one, it leaves intrigue as well, which I think we're going to see more on part two as well. What are your thoughts on the main event? Yeah, I thought it was it was a spectacle. You can't really call it a match. It was, you know, it was a spectacle. It was something different, which I think, again, you know, it kind of plays into the Undertaker's wheelhouse. You know, he's not going to be able to be bumping around for AJ Styles or with AJ Styles in the ring. This way, you know, kind of with the cinematography and the way it was shot, you know, you can see they kind of could have had breaks in it for the Undertaker to kind of recover, get his breath back. I thought it was... Really good, though. Yeah. You know, the the kind of way they put it together and the story that they told, absolutely great. The Druids coming into it, you know. Undertaker saying, I'm going to give you mercy. Then he's like, he turned to walk away and he's like, fuck it, I don't give anyone mercy. Booted him into the hole, dropped the mud on him. And, and you know, the classic hand coming out of the grave shot as well. I think it was a good spectacle. I gave that a four and a quarter out of five. Uh, I gave that a four and a half out of five. Uh, right, okay, so we've got three more things to do. Uh, your man of the moment, or man of mania, I've got two. John Morrison, for what I think that he did in that ladder match. Yeah. And Kevin Owens, for what I think that he did with the, yep. the top and the fire and desire that he showed. I wholeheartedly agree. <clears throat> What's your match of the night? Um, my match of the night has to go to the triple threat ladder match. Yeah, exactly the same as mine. And rating out of 10, what were your thoughts on part one of WrestleMania? There was some bloody good, you know, a few shocks. I think, you know, in the title matches, the right people won a majority of the time. You know, um, I, I still don't know about the Braun Strowman Goldberg thing. I think that's kind of... But then it is good. It's, it was a little shock. It was a little surprise. You know, it was something that I had it... I could have bet my house that Goldberg was going to get the victory... Kind of, you know, build him up a bit more till he faces Roman Reigns. Kind of puts Roman Reigns' victory over Goldberg, makes it look a lot more bigger. But, you know, from that aside, I'm going to give it 
a seven and a half. Seven and a half. I'm going to give it an eight and a quarter. Just because of the... There's three matches on there over four. So that means I would watch it again. Three-hour runtime, if we discredit the kickoff, wasn't too bad. I think the first half, uh, you could have, you know, changed it up a little bit more. But I think the second half kind of took it on. So that's why eight and a quarter. Uh, I think part two is going to be a lot more entertained, hopefully, with the Edge Orton, the Otis match, which I think is going to be quite good, and the, of uh, course, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar thing. But I think, all in all, not too bad. So that is it for part one. What are your final thoughts of part one, part two? Was it worth having it in two parts, do you reckon? Or was that a question you can only answer on part two? I think I need to see part two to answer that question. Well, don't forget, that will be on Sunday. That will bring you that. But you can follow us on Twitter, at WWE Network Review, or... At Vince McDan WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at double podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at double podcast or on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, you can come and find our page and give us a like with a WNR podcast and come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WNR podcast, all the latest clips on there. Podcast at the same time, YouTube, the door, places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also on Spreaker Radio. We've got our live shows, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. Like I say, I think I've said it enough. Part two on Sunday. Until then, I've been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by. Damn right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe and stay clean. Bye. Bye.